Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hello and welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey Blackburn and I'm joined here with my co-host, Emily Schiltz. Emily, how are you today? I am great. Yes, you are Gucci Main. Okay, listen. <laughs> We heard from a lot of you guys. Oh, so many. Two podcasts ago, correcting us on our just absolute ineptedness. Is that even a word? Ineptitude. It is today. Ineptedness. We Tude. are inept. Tude. We are inept when it comes to apparently rappers, yep. especially rappers based out of Atlanta. Yep. Interestingly enough, we talked about Gucci Mane, who we heard very clearly from a lot of you. We've discovered this. Yeah. That Gucci Mane is a rapper. It's clear. Based out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We did that on the podcast episode that we interviewed a couple in Atlanta, Daniel and Brittany See, Brooker. Maybe we did know what we were doing. Full circle, man. Yeah. You it know who Mane? you know who told me first? Actually, okay, so I come home and I was like talking about our podcast recording. Yes. And my husband, who I love him, he's not very like culturally like that's not the right word. Uh, pop culture. <laughs> pop culture. Pop culture. Savvy. Savvy. Yeah. Uh, looks at me and was like, he's a rapper. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> okay, cool. And then your wife. My wife. Christy texted, texted us. us. She and was like, really, Gucci Mane, really seriously? Made fun of us. She yeah. did. She is definitely pop culture savvy. She is. She likes two types of music. Like her two favorite types uh-huh. of music are um, like thug rap. Like not like hip hop cute. Yeah. No, like yeah. thug rap. <laughs> And classical music like Beethoven, Mozart. Wow, those are polar opposites. They are, but mm. that's why I love her. It's yeah. awesome. So she's cultured. So, anyways, thank you so much for those of you guys who cleared that up for yes. us. We feel very educated now. We do. It's awesome. We feel like we can move on with life. Mm-hmm. Gucci Mane. Yep. Here we go. That's good. Here we go. We've got an awesome <laughs> interview today. We do. Fantastic interview. Anthony O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many of you guys would know who Anthony is, but he is one of the Dave Ramsey personalities. Yeah. So obviously we're huge Dave Ramsey fans. Amen. And uh, we all love going through FPU, following Dave's principles on finances, on life. Mm-hmm. And um, he works with students. He's like the student and young adult. So teenager and young adult personality for so cool. Dave Ramsey. So he travels all over, speaks to students, has an incredible story. Yeah. Can't wait for you guys to listen to it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Hey, while we're talking about awesome stories, yes, um, we have gotten a lot. That was of- a really good segue, by the way. <laughs> that was so you. good. Thanks. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting better at this. Um, we have gotten a lot of your stories, yeah. you as in listeners, um, stories on uh, ratings and reviews. Mm-hmm. So one, ratings and reviews are awesome because we get to hear from you. Yes, and we get to hear how this podcast is in- is inspiring to you, how it's encouraging you, how it's helping you, but also it's great. Um, because the more that you rate and review, uh, the more that this podcast shows up in other people's feeds, mm-hmm. um, shows up higher in different lists, and it helps us get the word out right. about this podcast. So thank you if you shared your yes. story with us. Um, one, it's encouraged us, and two, hopefully it's encouraged other people to yeah. listen to this podcast as well. But we wanted to share one of these stories with you, one of these reviews, um, and the title says, One Word, Hope, mm. which one is just a really great way to start. Open your headphones. But this says, um, if Davy Blackburn's own personal testimony doesn't already give you hope and healing, new beginnings and redemption, 
than the testimonies of the amazing people he has on his podcast will. Mm. Going through my own personal major crisis right now, and these testimonies give me so much hope of a second chance and a new beginning and how the Lord is with you through it all. That's great. Yeah, it is. Wow. One, we have amazing stories on here. Like the people who are willing to share their stories um, has encouraged me to share mine, if Mm -hmm. I'm honest, like in the small group that my husband and I were leading this past season. But... um, also, I'm just really thankful that these people have um, been willing to share their stories with us and all yeah. of our listeners. And um, it's encouraging, but also helps us know that we're not going through whatever pain alone. Right. You know, that pain is transferable from person to person. Yeah. And um, we've all experienced hurt at some it's point. It's the common so. denominator of life. Yeah, it and is. And that really, Emily, is why we started this podcast. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea came out of... I was having a lot of conversations with people who had walked through pain and I was able to borrow their faith. Mm -hmm. I was able to like just draw from their own, their testimony and how, I know this sounds cliche, but God took their, the test they were going through in life and turned it into a testimony. So they're able to speak that life and that hope and encouragement into me. And I literally one day was like, man, I wish I could share these stories (laughs) with other people. You know, how could I do that? Mm -hmm. Right. And someone was like, well, we could like podcast it. I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. And so that's how this has started. And um, it's been almost a year now that we've done this. And last month, 27,000 people downloaded this podcast, which is awesome. (laughs) I know it really is kind of crazy. So thank you guys who are listening. You're part of our Nothing is Wasted community, our extended family. It's just really awesome. We just love helping people who are walking through some kind of hurt, helping you hurt with hope. Yeah. And sure. uh, man, it's so it's so great. So if we can hear your story, we would love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Email us at hello at resonateindy.com or rate and review the pod. And maybe I should say and, yes, and. rate and <laughs> review the podcast. Share your story on that. Man, it's just so encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, one of these days I have a dream where I want to build like a website, nothing is wasted dot com or something where people can share their stories together and there's like forums. We can connect yeah. people in different cities with like each an other. Like online community. Yes. Mm-hmm. How cool would that be? So cool. if you're a web developer out there and you want to help us make that dream <laughs> happen, man, write in, tell us about it. We'd yeah. love to, we'd love to make that dream happen sooner rather than later. Right. Um, but we just love helping hurting people. And one of the things we got to do today yes. is all day long, we were shooting a video for a single mom in our church mm-hmm. that we had the opportunity to help. She's yeah. walked through some of her own personal tragedy. Um, two, over two years ago, she lost her sister in a, in a car wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so she heard our story, came to our church uh, out of that. And so one of the ideas we had was for Mother's Day, we wanted to bless her. Yeah. And do some really cool things for her because she owns a business. She she cuts a lot of our hair. Yeah. <laughs> at, our, at the church. She cuts your hair, right? She, she does. cuts my hair, Weston's hair, Christy's hair, Natalia's hair. It's great. And so she's got this really great business, but she's a single mom. And so it's really difficult to do that. You kind of are surviving most of it. So we wanted to bless her on some things. So we're actually releasing that story uh, in a documentary format mm-hmm. um, on Mother's Day at Resonate Church. Yes. Right. So that's going to be so powerful. I cannot wait. So if you're in Indy, get to Resonate on yeah. Mother's Day, 10, May 15. May 15th, I believe, May, right? 13th. 15th. What is it? Mm, May? 
Yeah. I don't know. Something, whatever Mother's One Day, of those. 14th, One 15th, of those days. whatever Mother's Day is, you can look it up on the calendar. Yeah, it's for sure the 13th. <laughs> the 13th. <laughs> don't tell my mom I didn't know when Mother's Day was. Very <laughs> mom. Um, but you're going to want to get, it's, it's going to be awesome. And then if you're one of our online listeners, you're tuning in from outside of Indianapolis, we're going to put it up on the web yeah. um, shortly after, you know, probably Monday or Tuesday of that week. So just, you're going to want to tune into that. It yeah. is just super special. But the reason I bring that up is because one of the things we did for this gal is we're sending her to the business boutique down in Nashville, yeah. which is, um, it's actually a, um, a kind of a, I don't want to say it's a ministry, but I guess it's a initiative started out right. of the Dave, Dave Ramsey organization mm-hmm. uh, by Christy Wright. And so she is a mom that loves to help other, especially women and moms really uh, build, uh, who have a sense of entrepreneurship, build businesses. And, right. and so we're sending her down to that. She's going to get to experience awesome. that. It's going to be awesome. But you ready for the segue? Yeah. Tying that in because Christy Wright Business Boutique is under the umbrella of Dave Ramsey. Today, we're interviewing another Dave Ramsey personality, Anthony O'Neill. Boom. You see how I did that? It was great. That was so you good. complimented me on my segue, so that was a really great segue. <laughs> oh, man, thank you. You're going to want to tune in to this interview because it's powerful. Anthony is just a passionate, passionate dude. He is on this crusade to help young people especially hmm. um, really build a financial base because he has this very interesting story about how he hit rock bottom at 19 years old and wound up living homeless in his car for six months. And it was out of that pain that he discovered this purpose that he didn't want anybody to wind up in that situation. (laughs) So he helps young people especially, but this is really for all ages. Yeah. This is just an incredible, incredible interview. I'm going to let him kind of tell that story. But before we do that, uh, we've had a lot of you who have asked, hey, is there any way that we can give to the podcast in order to help support it, help keep the ministry going. And yes, the answer is absolutely. We would love um, for you to do that. And you can give at davyblackburn.com slash give. Mm-hmm. And um, all of those gifts are tax deductible. Um, and so we've just made that available to you. So if you want to give a recurring gift to help us keep this content coming out there, all of all all of the everything that you give helps us with the ministry we're doing here in the city yeah. and abroad with our nothing is wasted platform stuff, just helping to push out the message of hope and healing to the world. And um, and so you can definitely do it right there. One-time gift, recurring gift. We'd love for for you to help us um, as we're continue to help other people. Um, but man. This interview. Woo! You ready I can't for wait. It? Yeah, like let's not delay anymore uh-uh. and let's listen to your interview with Anthony. Anthony, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's great to have you. Hey, brother, man. Thanks for having me. And thank you so much for this opportunity, man. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, man, I can't wait for our listeners to hear your story, to hear what you do, the impact that you're having, man. It's it's awesome. Why don't you tell me a little bit about this? Let's kind of catch up to speed where you are currently. Presently, yeah. Anthony, Anthony O'Neill, what do you do? Where are you located? What's, what, what, what kind of ministry are you involved in right now? Yeah. So again, the name is Anthony O'Neill here in the great city of Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville. And I have, 
<laughs> Nash Vegas. That's what they say. And um, I uh, work out of Nashville, but live, I uh, just built a home out in Columbia, Tennessee. So I travel back and forth. It's about a, about a 20 minute drive. But um, I have the opportunity, man, to work with uh, one of my mentors, uh, one of the greatest people on the planet, Dave Ramsey. Mm. Um, he has an organization here called Ramsey Solutions, and his mission is to give hope to every area of life, to every person, and especially around the area of finances and leadership. But yeah. we're expanding that out to where we can really hit millennials and young people. Um, and I'm the face of that. You know, I'm the speaker. I am the communicator. Uh, so I just have an assignment to where I get to wake up every single day and just eat, sleep, things about millennials and teens and just wow. helping people connect the dots between life, money, spiritual walk, relationships, and stuff like that. So I'm in schools, I'm in colleges, I'm in churches, I'm in corporations. Uh, just did the Rachel Ray show here the other day, excited wow. about that. Um, so just, just, really, just really trying to help people. Yeah, that's awesome. And you, so you're, you're hitting almost every facet of these... Mm-hmm of these young people's lives. I mean, this isn't just finances. I know Dave's kind of created a name and a brand around helping yeah. people in their finances. Yeah. But you're helping all aspects because, you know, all those aspects are, are integrated. You know, one yeah. thing affects the other. Um, yeah. That's awesome, man. Now, okay, how did, how did this come about? How did you get into this? Because, you know, you're how old now? What? 33. 33. So yes, sir. You, you haven't always been in this position. Um, no. You're helping high schoolers out right now. But some of that comes out of a motivation from what you experienced when you were a young person and you were growing yeah. up. Tell me a little bit about your backstory. So my backstory, man, is 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 a rough one. Um, my parents, my biological parents, had me out of wedlock, uh, so they never got married to each other. But my biological mother and stepfather and siblings live in San Diego, California. My biological father and stepmother live in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and that's the last time I'm gonna say step because. All four of my parents are solid, good, great, loving parents. I'm grateful that God blessed me with two amazing parents who are not my blood, but they are every bit of a father and a mother. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to say for, like, for this story, I would say my North Carolina parents and my California parents. But, man, grew up in San Diego, California with my Cali parents and my siblings. Um, and just, you know, I wasn't a bad kid, uh, Davey. I just, I just made a lot of bad decisions. Mm. And I mean, a lot of bad decisions. And so <clears throat> got expelled twice in middle school. The very first time we're living in San Diego, California, my mom stopped and she homeschooled me. And okay. she was like, Hey, I don't want to send you to an alternative school with these kids who are bringing weapons to school and mm. they're in gangs. You just made a bad decision. And so, um, she stopped. She quit her job. She homeschooled me, which was very hard on family because we had a family of five and we're all living off of one income of about $38,000 in California. Mm. That's rough. Yeah. So we're eating, you know, we're eating rice and beans for dinner. We're eating French toast um, and pancakes for breakfast, lunch and dinner mm. several times because of the decision that I made. So got back into school, got expelled about two months later. Um, once I got back into school and my mom said, hey, I can't take the family through this again. We're gonna go up to North Carolina. And so moved up to North Carolina, um, built a relationship with my father, a stronger one with my father and graduated. And, and here's the truth. All of my parents are spiritual. My my father is a full-time pastor. So he's he just full-time ministry. Yeah. So every single day I'm in church, bro. Like. <laughs> 
I'm in church every single day. There was no going out with the friends. There was no listening to hip hop and R and B music. There was none of that. It was if it's not pleasing and uplifting the kingdom, you you are not doing it. <laughs> And so when I graduated high school, man, I said, I'm done with church. Like, mm, I'm yep. done because that's all that I could do. And so I went off into college, man, and um, caught myself being a grown man. And uh, let's just say, man, within a matter of six months, I just, I took a hard left. I, I went the total opposite direction that God wanted me to go into and the way my parents raised me. Mm. All right. So talk about that a little bit. What do, what do you mean? What happened? What, what was the hard left? Cause it kind of leads to a, like a, a bottoming yeah. out moment for you. Yeah. Let's, let's dive yeah. into that a little bit more. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was insecure, man. I'm gonna be honest up front and just real, you know, um, yeah. I, I was insecure in who I was. I wasn't confident in, in who I was. I didn't really, I wasn't a man of character. I wasn't a man of integrity. I just wanted to please everyone around me. Mm. And so when I got onto the college campus, uh, I was a virgin to be honest with mm. you. And, uh, so you know what, I'm trying to do everything but do what God wants me mm. to do, you know? And so I'm, here, I'm out there trying to holler at every single female. Um, I'm sitting here trying to make friends and impress them. And I'll never forget the very first week I was on the college campus. Uh, you know, you know, the whole thing is the very first week, you're going to have a lot of banks and they're going to hit you with a lot of great offers. Yeah. And they hit me with that great offer. Mm. You know, they hit me with a free credit card. I mean, not a free credit card, but a credit card with two free large pieces and one free T-shirt. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I took it. And here's the thing. That was the most expensive pizza I've ever paid for <laughs> in my entire life, man. And um, a month later, I got the credit card. And I'll never forget that day. My mother looked at me and she said, son, you do not need this credit card. Do not do this. You, This is not the path you want to go down. Uh, and I told my mom to mind her own business. It's me. I got this. Mm -hmm. I'm a grown man. And within literally a matter of 13 hours, I maxed out that credit card. Wow. Spent $500 in, thir in wow. 13 hours. It is gone. I mean, I'm talking about, I spent it on red lobster. I spent it on <laughs> flowers and chocolate for the young lady. I spent it on a purse. Those are the three things wow. I spent $500 on. And, you know, I do exactly what everyone else does. I send in a small payment. And a month later, they send me back a letter saying, hey, Mr. O'Neill, we're going to give you more money. We're going to up your limit mm. from five hundred to a thousand dollars. I was like, "Yes, this is easy. Mm. Spend five hundred, get thirty, and send thirty-five dollars, and I get more money." Yeah. And so I literally applied for every single credit card that I could at the time, um, and literally within a matter of six months of me being out on my own, eighteen years old, before I turned nineteen, I am nearly thirty-five thousand dollars in debt, fifteen thousand dollars in credit cards. $10,000 in furniture. And then I took out another $10,000 worth of student loans because I just wanted to have some money. Some money. And yeah. I didn't even need it. You know, wow. I was on a scholarship and I was on my dad's GI bill. So mm -hmm. I had more than enough money to get through college, but I wanted the lifestyle. I wanted to impress the people. I wanted to rock out with the people. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, just the wrong path. I wasn't secure in who I was as a young man. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, um, sinned, you know, and uh, made some bad decisions from from that area. Um, and within a matter of another six months before I turned 19, I was participating in a fraternity and we participated in hazing. And when I participated in hazing, we, unfortunately, we put a young man in the hospital. Mm. We put him in a hospital. All of us um, lost our scholarships, got kicked out of school. When I got kicked out of school, I lost a job that was attached to the school. Mm. When I lost that job, I lost my apartment. 
when I lost that apartment. I thought I was going home. But my father said, no, you just told your mother a few months ago that you was a grown man. Mm. And a grown man does not come home. Mm. And so you need to go fix that grown man. So all the pride inside of me was like, Pops, cool. I don't need y'all anyways. Started calling all my friends. No one's picking up the phone. No one's giving me a place to come stay. No one's offering me a place to even come take a shower. Even called all the young ladies I spent all this money yeah. on, mm-hmm. and no one's picking up my phone calls. Mm. And so uh, that started the the really black season of my life. Um, and every time I think about it, I just I see it in my head. But I remember putting all of the clothes in the back of my car. It was a 1987 Nissan Maxima. And uh, went to the Walmart off of Highway 76 in Oceanside, California. Mm. And I spent six months of my life sleeping in the back of my car at the age of 19. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What, what, what kinds of things? I mean, you're in the back of your car. You've got no home. You, you've got essentially everybody that, that you had invested so much into abandon you at that point. What kind of things are going on in your heart and in your head at that moment? I mean... Where where is where is Anthony? Yeah, from this from the standpoint of just your emotional state at that moment. My emotional state was gone, man. Mm. I thought everyone abandoned me. Um, I was blaming everyone but myself. Mm. I was blaming my parents. I was blaming my friends. I was even blaming God. Like God, why? Like yeah. why? What? Like who? Who are you? Like I thought you said you love me. Um, I was blaming my friends. Like man, I thought y'all was my friends. I thought you was gonna be my frat brothers. I thought we were supposed to be connected. Um, I was blaming my parents like, man, they should have let me come home. They, this is not right. This is not right. Uh, but you know what's so funny, bro, is uh, hmm, when I think about this, it just it just reminds me and it brings the preacher side out of me, but I don't want to be too <laughs> preachy on this thing. But my father was the smartest. He is the smartest, the most brilliant man that I know because today I am a man because of him. Wow. When he kicked me out of the house, he knew that he was kicking me out of the house. Mm. He knew it, and he was like, I know. But a lot of people don't know this, but my father had a tracking system on my car. Mm. So he knew where I was at all Come times. On. So I was never by myself. Come on, you can preach that. Come on. You know, <laughs> he always he knew where I was. He wow. knew I was alive. He knew I was okay. Yeah. He knew what was going on with me every minute of the day. Wow. But I still felt abandoned. Mm. But if I would have been allowed to come home, mm. I would have never become a man. Mm. And my dad said, you're going to go out there and learn your mistakes. My dad knew where I was. He watched over me. I just never seen it. Wow. You you get to see a lot of people kind of in those rock bottom moments, a lot of young people, yeah. a lot of older. I mean, the ministry that you guys do, you have people, the Dave Ramsey shows, people calling in all the time with their, that rock bottom moment. How much do you think that idea of blame plays <laughs> into it? I mean, talk to me about that a little bit. Like what, how, how much does, does blame inhibit us from from getting to the place that God wants us to be? Man, it, it plays a huge role. I would probably say when I first sit down with someone, um, the very first thing is they blame the others. They blame their bosses. They mm-hmm. blame the jobs. They blame their families. But you know what? We can never fully get healed and never fully walk out of the season that we're in until we could tape take our own blame and say, mm-hmm. you know what? I am the reason why I'm in this chair. I am the reason why I'm in this season. Um, but if we're going to always blame someone else, God is not going to give us a new platform, a new stage, a new season, mm-hmm. because he doesn't want us to go into that season without us acknowledging, hey, it's me. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to me. Yeah. When I finally woke up, I said, you know what? I'm here because I didn't take every one decision that I made as a young man seriously. Mm-hmm. 
I thought I was this grown man and I never submitted myself to a man to learn how to be a man because I thought I was a grown man. Mm. And so I just said, bump it. I, I got this. But no, literally, I, I just felt it the last night I slept in my car. God said, you're going to stay in the dark until you can come to the light. Wow. Until wow. you're willing to accept your issues, your mistakes, until you're willing to take ownership of your decisions, you're going to stay here because where I'm taking you, you cannot do that where I'm taking you. Wow. That's so And good. I was like, I got it, God. Like, I'm sorry. Like, if you give me another opportunity, I know I'm not going to be a perfect individual. I know I'm going to make mistakes. I know I'm going to fall short, but I'm never going to fall short in this area again. Yeah. That's so good. You know, I think about even like, you know, you, you, you wound up at this rock bottom place because of, you know, admittedly some choices that you made, Yeah. but some people wind up at rock bottom because they, le they legitimately are a victim yeah. of some kind of circumstance of some kind yeah. of thing that has been inflicted on them. And yet I see a difference in people, um, who adopt a victim mentality mm. and people who, mm. you know, cause they're casting blame for yeah. it. Yeah. Even, yeah. Even if you are a victim, I think one of the things that I've seen is that you can, if you if you can figure out what are the controllables and how do mm -hmm. I control the controllables, like I can't yeah. necessarily um, control what happens to me, but I can control my response to what happens to me. And even though there may there may actually be people to blame for certain yep. things, me blaming doesn't actually get me anywhere. You know, yeah, yeah, we see this yeah. in the, in the garden, right? The very first sin, Adam and Eve, Come on, God, God comes to them and goes, yeah. Hey, what happened? Right. He comes yeah. to Adam. He asks him first because Adam's supposed to have leadership <laughs> in the situation. Supposed hey, to. Come on, Supposed bro. to, right? He's probably out fishing or hunting or something, right? He's doing something else while he's eating fruit. But right. he comes to Adam and says, Hey, what, what's going on? Adam goes, well, this woman, first blame, right. that, that you gave me. You. Second blame. Second blame, right? <laughs> and then the woman, right, Eve goes, he goes, right. well, what happened? He goes, well, the snake is this blame casting <laughs> thing that perpetuates. And man, it's, on, man, it's so, like, it's so true. You, you get to these spaces in life where you have to wake up and realize, okay, maybe I can't control everything about what's going on, but I can control how, I can't control necessarily how I got knocked over, but I can control how I get up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, so you're and getting there. up is key. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You're there and you have this epiphany moment where you're like, I, mm -hmm. I got to stop blaming people. Where did, how did God meet you there? What, what happened in that moment? Yeah, man. So what happened was, uh, you know, it was the last night <clears throat> and I'll never forget a young lady had called me and, uh, she said, Hey, I just met her at the, the mall. And she was like, Hey, some friends and I are about to get a blockbuster movie and some popcorn and watch a movie. It's actually right around the time my uh, bad boys came out. Cause that's what we was going to watch. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and she said, Hey, well, how about you come over here and just watch the movie with us? So I was like, okay, cool. This is about 11 o'clock at night. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, man, that's when God met me. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't want to go over there funky. Mm -hmm. I was taking showers at the YMCA at the boys and girls club. Wow. They were closed. So I literally grabbed the bucket out of my car, um, put the, the water in there from the side of Walmart cold with some Dawn disc detergent, not Dove, Dawn. Um, and I get in the back of my car and man, I am naked in the back of my car, washing myself. And all of a sudden, man, my father comes knocking on the door and he says, son, it's time for you to come home. Wow. Like, no, mm -mm. we're not going to do this. And I think you've learned your lesson. And uh, man, that just really touched my heart. Um, and I literally started crying like, you know what? 
it's time for me to go home. Yeah. And I literally said that night and I said, God, I do not want to go home the same man, the wow. same young man that I left there with. Like, God, wow. clean my heart, make me better, um, and I want to go home and change. And I literally, I, I literally did. Because, you know, the whole time, um, honestly, my parents were thinking, my mom was thinking that I was living with uh, the girlfriend at the time. So she yeah. didn't really know what was going on. Yeah, she had no idea uh, you were in the back of your car. Yeah. None. Yeah, yeah. She thought I was living with my girlfriend um, at, at, at some of the time. And, um, man, every time I think about that situation, I'm like, man, Anthony. Man, Anthony, why did it take you so long to learn wow. the lesson? Yeah. Uh, but you know what? We have to. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're, it's just going to take time for, for us to get it. Mm. Man, that's crazy. I, I've heard it said before that lesson lesson repeated until lesson learned, right? Like, yes. God loves yeah. us so much that this, like, this actually may have been God's act of mercy in yeah. your life, you being in the back of your car, right? It doesn't yeah. look from the outward appearance like mercy, no. but, it, but it is. He's intercepting yeah. this situation by bringing you to a rock bottom place. And sometimes yeah. we get to multiple places of, of being at rock bottom because God's going to continue to repeat the lesson until yeah. we learn the lesson because we need the tools that he's trying to equip us with in that lesson to move on to the next thing that he has for us, the next impact yeah. that we can make. Man, yeah. that's awesome. So now... You've got this this transformation that happens in your heart, you know, um, and it's and it's led to this crusade that you're on, this like mission. What mm. what kind of happened next? Because you know there was some of this development of this mission even before you stepped into the spaces you are right now with Ramsey Solutions. Yeah. What, yeah. what happened next in your life to to lead you into this purpose that developed out of this pain? Yeah. So when I got out of that uh, that painful situation, I said, you know what? I do not want other young people to get into the same painful situation. Mm. So God placed this uh, not place. That's bad grammar. <laughs> God placed this this burden on my heart to teach young people how to avoid these mistakes and how to be successful. Wow. Um, and so. Um, when I came back home, the very first thing is I got a job. I said, you know what? I got to take care of my priorities, mm -hmm. which is get out of the get out of debt. You know, mm -hmm. change some things around with my life. So I got rid of some friends. I changed my circle. I got back involved with my local church, mm -hmm. um, and I got a job. Actually, I got a job and a little part time side hustle. But the ministry point, God was like, okay, that's your priorities. Yeah. Here's the ministry. Um, and I started a nonprofit called Young People Succeeding Incorporated. Hmm. So we literally just traveled around the, the literally the country and we're teaching young people how to be successful in the area of their finances and their spiritual walk um, and in just life skills. Wow. You know, uh, because one thing I realized is that while I have amazing parents, uh, my parents didn't really teach me enough life skills, yeah. mm -hmm. but I knew the word of God. I didn't have a relationship from a personal, but I knew how to do church. I knew how to run around. I knew how to shout. Yeah. Um, and, and I still know how to do all that type of stuff. The difference is now is while I know this stuff, I have a relationship yeah. with God. And so when God birthed that ministry inside of me, we literally just started going into high schools, going into colleges, um, going out to youth conferences and just literally preaching life skills with a biblical base. Wow. And it was just, it's been transformation, man. I've I've probably had about throughout my, throughout that career of my life, and then also went into youth pastoring with, 
uh, Bishop Rudolph McKissick Jr. in the Bethel Church out in Jacksonville, Florida. I've probably pastored and mentored uh, throughout that organization and my youth ministry, close to about 16,000 youth wow. that have come through just my ministry and organization. And out of those 16,000, we had right at about 1,000, 1,100 students graduate this organization, went to college debt-free, wow. avoided debt um, just because we wanted to teach them how to succeed successfully. Man. So um, that's <laughs> from the outward appearance, that's a, that's a massive comeback story, yeah. right? That's yeah. like, yeah. holy cow. But that comeback story started with obviously an inward thing that was going on. It's like yeah. some of these, uh, not just, yes, uh, I think it's two, two aspects from what I'm hearing. One, it's this relationship, this heart change, yeah. right? This, this new perspective on life. This, yeah. now, now I'm committed to do things God's way, yeah. and I'm going to let him be my Lord and Savior, my leader, my guide, my shepherd in, in my life. But yeah. then also a devotion to the wisdom of God, right? And like yeah. these practical life skills. What were the things that God was teaching you about your character Mm. that made it possible for you to have this comeback, you know, like what, yeah, yeah, yeah. what, what kinds of, what kinds of things, what are the, I guess, I guess I'll ask it this way. What, what are the, the tools that God was putting in your tool belt during this, that, that enabled you to have a comeback like this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You hit it on the very first thing is character. Um, and really to have a true understanding of who I am and whose I am. Mm. Uh, when I was younger, I didn't really know who I was. I didn't know why God created me. I was, yeah. I was so focused on everyone on the outside. You know, I'm reminded of the woman who had the issue of, of bleeding and how she had an internal problem, but she was going to all external people to try to heal something that was internal. Wow. And that reminds me of myself. I had insecurities. I had um, some, some self-doubt. I had some, I thought I was ugly. I thought I wasn't cool. Some internal problems. And I was going out here to get a young lady to help me fix that or at least mm. cover it up, get it, get a nice car that I can't even afford. But as long as everyone else likes it, I'm trying to cover that up. But even the Bible talks about how she went to her external, gave all the resources and she got worse. Mm. That's exactly what happened to me. And so when I bounced back, I had to be like the woman of issue of blood and say, you know what? Bump them. They can't help me, but he can. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, God, I'm here. And God had to simply remind me, Anthony, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Wow. Anthony, no, you're not perfect, but I knitted you in your mother's womb with a purpose. And I know why you're there. Yeah. But you don't. But if you get connected to me, you will find out why you're here on this earth. Mm. And so he literally started just on nights. I remember just battling going to sleep. Like, why am I not going to sleep? And it's because God is trying to talk to me about me, the man, Anthony O'Neill, about my character, about my integrity, about what I stand for, about some of the decisions that I'm making. And so for a season in my life, man, I really just started submitting myself to um, leadership, submitting mm -hmm. myself to my pastor at the time, submitting myself to my fathers, yep. uh, submitting myself to men who are uh, I even do that now, who are married because I desire to be married. Right. Like, hey, teach me how to be a man, mm -hmm. not just a man, but a good man, not just a good man, but a godly man. Wow. And literally they started building my character. I still have flaws. I'm not going to sit here and act like I, I don't have flaws, but yep. um, they started building my integrity. They started showing me what it is to be a man and how sometimes we have to say no. Sometimes we're going to have to say, you know what, hey, 
I can't go that route. I'm not going to do this. Mm -hmm. And that really started to pass from an internal perspective because when I got connected, when I touched the hem of his garment, I was healed of the insecurity. People can say stuff about me now and I'm like, Yo, I'm good. That don't bother me. Come with me a little, a little bit stronger, bro. Yep, Do you know yep, who I serve? Yep. Do you know who I just touched? Like, <laughs> you can't compare to him. And so, uh, you know, now it's like I'm so secure. And it'd be real, sometimes my I'm so secure in who I am can kind of come off as arrogance. But I'm like, no, I'm not arrogant. I just know who I am and whose I am. Yeah. And so uh, that that really started the internal process with me. Um, and then I was, once once you started the internal, it just comes out. Yeah. It just really comes out. And I just really started teaching that to young people, man. And I'm just, I'm so passionate about helping young people understand God made you for a purpose. Yeah. And yeah. that everything that you need, everything that you can desire, uh, God already has a plan for you. And he is the vehicle to that, not the world. That's good. That's good. I was just, while you were sitting there talking, I was just thinking about like the developmental process of Jesus, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. you know, 12 years old, we see a, a picture of him sitting around and having this theological dialogue with all of the, you know, the, the people of the, the, the teachers of the day, right? The rabbis and teachers yep. of the day who were very, and, and they were impressed. They were like, holy cow, this 12 year old, he can hang with us when it comes to theological yeah. matters. And yet he, he still submitted himself to a process. It says at the end yeah. of Luke chapter two, it says that he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. But right before that, gives us the key as to why he grew that way. It's because he went back mm. and submitted himself to his mother and his father. Like he yeah. could have, expo- I mean, he, this is the son of God. Like he's, he could have exposed himself at that point and said, yeah. Hey, look, I'm, I'm going to start this ministry, but he didn't. He went back in the secret, in the dark room. He, yeah. he went back and submitted himself and it was out of that submission that mm. God began to develop Come him on, man. Come so on, that man. he could be used for really great impact. And I wonder, yeah. you know, as you're, as you're, interacting with young people. It, I don't know if you notice this, but I, I feel like, you know, young people that, that we work with, and I'm, I'm young, geez, I'm 32 years old, but there's a generation <laughs> coming up behind me that oftentimes I think they shy away from this word submission, mm. right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Why do you think that that is such a valuable thing? I mean, you said it right there, you submitted yourself, but, but how would you yeah. convince a young person, hey, this is a process, like submit yourself to this process. What, is, what, was, what does that look like? Yeah, yeah, you know, when when young people hear the word submission, they hear it from a, uh, I believe, a carnal way. Uh, where some, I do believe some churches, uh, we could teach the word submission better uh, because when we yeah. hear submission, especially the ladies say, "Oh, I'm not submitting myself to no man." Not, it's not just that submission is so much more than just husband to, I mean, wife to husband, because right. the Bible also tells the, the husband to submit himself to his wife, right, submit exactly. one to another. But when I when I'm talking to young people about, hey, submit, um, and I really teach it from this way, just trust them. Mm. You just, just say, you know what, for a season, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do what you advise me to do. But here's the thing, before you submit yourself to a leader, make sure you do the research with that leader. Make yeah. sure you submit yourself to a solid mentor that you see fruit from his labor. You, yeah, you don't good. just see a him, see him or her talking, but you see evidence that, you know, what, what they're talking about worked. Yeah. You know, I submit myself to Dave Ramsey when it comes to my finances, mm-hmm. because clearly this man went way below me. I mean, bankrupt, right. 
completely out of it with the family. Now he's worth multi-millions. Yeah. But he says, stay out of debt. When most of America says, no, I need to be in debt to have a good credit score. Mm -hmm. But I'm seeing a fruit of his labor. Not only is he a multi-millionaire from a personal standpoint, but now he owns this big old business making $300,000 a year and employing over 700 employees. Yeah, I'm going to submit myself to that man because if I can just get a piece of what right. he has, I'm going to be all right. right. And what's the worst that can happen to me? I have no debt yeah. and I have money. That's the worst. Yeah. And so I think young people, they just, they're not really taught the word submission, but submission um, I believe, and and I'm and I'm going off, and so, man, if you don't like this, hey, just cut it, and we'll we'll, we'll come back around. But uh, <laughs> submission also just means I believe that God wants to know He can trust you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's so funny when I think of you talking about Adam and Eve earlier. You know, why did Ad, why did God say, hey, you can eat out of all these trees, but just don't touch this one? Mm. Because he wanted to know if he could trust us. God, wow. God didn't put up a chain. He didn't put the tree way back to where they can't see it. God literally called it out. Do not touch this tree. Now you can have all these other ones, but don't tr don't have this one. Yeah, that's so. All good. we had to do is not touch that tree. Because God wanted to know, can I trust you, Adam? Can I mm. trust you, Eve? And I believe God is saying, hey, don't have sex until you have married. Until mm. you're married. God wants to know, can he trust you mm. with what he's going to give you? Hey, do not steal. It's right here, but don't steal it. Don't take it. Don't touch that tree. And so I believe at the same time, God just wants to know if I could trust you in this season, if you can submit to um, this person in this season, then your next season, I can. I know I can trust you with that season. That's good. So, so your submission is almost an act of stewardship. It really is. It's a, it's yeah. a, okay. Can I, can you be trusted with the small things? Yes. That, that which is someone else's before yep. I can trust you with something of your with, own. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. Stewardship is so much more than just money. Stewardship is about everything. It is. It, you can't talk about a husband. Can, can you be a good steward? Mm. A wife, are you a good steward? Yeah. Um, father, are you a good steward? Business owner, pastor. Yeah. Um, it's, everything, is, everything is around stewardship. I don't care who you are and what you are. Everything is around stewardship. That's good. Let me do this. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of sidestep here for a second on this okay. idea of stewardship because we're saying this, this word stewardship, but there might be some listeners who they're like, what does that mean? What, is, what exactly is that? Can you yeah. explain that to our listeners? What is stewardship? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, stewardship is not just about money. One of the key things that we say about stewardship is that, hey, um, you're just managing the things God has given you. That's, mm. that's your business ideas, your, your resources, financial, uh, the opportunities, your clothes, everything. So everything... When it comes to stewardship, it's just about are you a good manager with the things God has given you? And biblically wise, God has given us. He is the owner of all things. Yeah, that's good. And so he says, hey, I just went 10 percent back as mm -hmm. far as I'm from our financial resources. Uh, but hey, you can keep the other 90 percent. But, hey, are you being a good steward of the car? Mm -hmm. Are you being I, I allowed you to have this son? Are you stewarding this son correctly? I'm trusting you with Anthony O'Neill's life, yeah. mom and dad. You know, can I trust you with that? Mm. And so stewarding is not just about finances, but it's just about can you manage what God has given you? That's good. Everything. That's good. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, um, oftentimes we fall into the, the trap or the mindset where we go, well, if, if, I, if I had more, I would. Or if I had something newer, then I would take care of it better, you know? When yeah. in fact, the, the mindset that I think God is looking to reward 
or to bless is, hey, I'm just going to do the very best with whatever I have. Yep. You know, and I, and I think about it too from the standpoint of, you know, we try to help people who are kind of climbing out of a pit, whether it's a pain that they've inflicted on themselves or pain that's happened in their, just a circumstantial pain, right? And I, and I believe that, man, there's so much of just the grace of God that carries you through that. But there's also these moments where God's looking at you going, okay, I put something in your hands, yeah. right? Now I want you yeah. to, I want you to steward that. And easily yeah. we can fall into that mindset. Well, I drive this, I drive this beater, right? <laughs> and I'll, I'll wash it and de- and clean it out and, and not yeah. leave all my trash in it. If I were driving a 2018 no. Tahoe or something, no, 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 no that's no, not the no, case, no. you know, no. or I, I live in this kind of shack of a house. And if I had a better house, then I would take better care of it. And, yeah. and, you know, from God's perspective, kingdom perspective, he's going, Hey, I just, I want to see that you're going to take care of the things that I put in your hands right now, whatever it may be. Yeah. And then I, then I know I can trust you with something greater, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the thing too. Um, I used to say that, you know, I drive a, a 2010 Acura TL with about 190,000 miles on it right now. And, and I was like, man, God, if you just give me that Maserati, I promise you, I, <laughs> I'll take good care of it. And God said, you're driving your Maserati. Ooh. I was like, what? <laughs> it was like, yeah. How you treat this will let me know if you can handle what's next. Wow. And I'm like, okay, so now I literally drive this car. I wash it like it's a Maserati. When I'm washing this car, I'm like, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you so beautiful. Because I want God to know, hey, God, thank you for yeah, this. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I appreciate this. Uh, and I look forward to what's next. You know, yeah. I want, I just built my house and it's the, the biggest house I've ever had. And I said, God, you know, um, thank you for this. Mm. But I want bigger when I have a family, when I, you know, have some some kids running around. I want God to know that Anthony's going, I can trust Anthony yeah. with this. Yeah. You know, I'm blessed with the income that I'm making right now. But you know what? I want more so I can be more of a blessing. Yeah. And I want God to know like, hey. God, with this income you're giving me right now, I'm blessing. Mm. God, you can trust me with this. Now, here's the thing that I see with people. Uh, they try to play God. I'm like, you can't play God. <laughs> you know, so you can't for a season be like, yeah, I'm going to do this because I want God to know he can trust me. No, God wants to see if is that your heart. Yeah, that's He good. knows if you're trying to play a game on him. So he's going to just block that shot and be like, mm. hey, you thought you was going to score, but no, sir. And so one thing I had to really do is is really come to love my life and not others and just yeah. really be grateful for where I am and really be grateful for the thing God has given me. And like now, man, I love my car. You know, I just got into a small little um, situation last night. My car was telling McKenzie and the team, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get that thing fixed. Mm. It's paid for. It's old. But I was like, you know what? No. I don't want to drive around this car. I want to take care of it. Yeah. I put the very best gas in it. I put in a premium. I put in the very best oil. I do synthetic. I wash it every week. I get it changed because I want, this is mine. Yeah. And I'm grateful. God could have gave me a Pinto, but yeah. he allowed me to get this beautiful car. Yeah. And I do know I want the next one. So I'm like, hey, you know what? You have to be comfortable and you have to be content with this. And I love my car. I'm never going to sell it. Even if I get a, a, a Maserati, Hey, that Acura has been rocking with me. Yes. I'm going to keep both of them. <laughs> I'm <awesome>. attached. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, one of the things we talk about often, and it's not because I came up with this idea. I actually had somebody say this to me, and it kind of threw me off guard. But someone said to me, hey, Davey, God has stewarded to you an incredible pain. So mm. sometimes we think that stewardship thing is all just about, you know, maybe material 
blessings or possessions or things that, <laughs> from the outside perspective, things that we would want to try to attain or possess. And this person said, God stewarded to you incredible pain. And I'm like, wow. first, I'm like, I don't, hold on, I don't like that. Oh. I don't, because that means it passed through the hands of, uh, uh, of God. How do I reconcile that he's still loving, right? And I've yeah. had to do a lot of work to reconcile that, but I can, I can attest that God is loving. Why? Because ultimately, and man, there's, I could talk about this for hours, but ultimately, because he has placed a burden of a story on me, and that burden is becoming a blessing to other people. Yes. And, and the more I bless other people with it, the more it blesses me. He's stewarding your pain. Boy. Stewarding your pain. Ooh. So stewardship is, is about everything, you know? So maybe you yeah. find yourself, if you're listening to this, you find yourself in a season of pain, trial, trauma. You have this story that's actually, it's developing right now. God's yeah. developing this story that he's going to, he wants to steward this story of struggle to you so you can make an impact in other people's lives. And as you do that, it will bless you as well. Yeah. Um, and he'll continue to give you more and more impact and influence and increase your capacity to help other people as you're stewarding that. So I think the stewardship conversation is just a big conversation. It is, man. That um, I think it would change the way that, you know, young people see their lives and find yeah. their purpose. Uh, older people see their lives and find their purpose. I think it just changes a lot. How yeah. do you, how do you, Anthony, help? How do you help somebody discover? You know, you just you mentioned a couple times that every young person is built for a purpose. They've got a specific purpose. God has a plan in mind for them. How do you help them discover that? Like, how would you advise them to discover that purpose? Yeah, you know, one of the things on on the practical and the spiritual and on the spiritual side, I, I, I always tell young people, hey, step away. Um, cut off your social media, get away from your family, get away from your friends, get away from your loved ones, and just really dive in and just spend some one-on-one -on -one time with God. Mm. And you have to be specific. God, why am I here? And you know what? God may not answer that question right then and there, but just continue to ask God, why am I here? Stay in your word because God talks a lot through his word. Yeah. And then also just be sensitive to the things around you mm. because God tends to talk to, throughout our daily life. And so just really be connected. So that way, when God is talking, you're hearing that's on the spiritual side, because you really want to be in, in, in God's perfect will, not in his permissive will. Mm. And in being within his perfect will, you got to be connected to the perfect source. Yeah. And so that's what I always tell young people is like, hey, man, just just, just make sure you're spending some one-on-one -on -one time with God. Because oftentimes when God is talking, we're saying we're, he's not talking, but how do we know he's not talking when we're not connected? Mm. So that's on the spiritual side, get connected with God. And, and people connect in different ways. Like my mama, she connects so well with God in the shower for some odd reason. <laughs> like when she, she says that when I want to talk to the Lord, I got to go jump in the shower. I'll be right back. Like, I'll I guess be right that's the back. only place nobody follows you, right? That's true. No one can follow you in <laughs> by yourself there. <laughs> by yourself. You know, but, uh, you know, um, and for me, I connect so much differently as well, but I connect yeah. in the car yeah, okay. driving yep. with God, like no music, just me. And I just, I'm like, okay, God, let's talk. Yeah. Um, and so you have to know how do you and God connect, but he talks through his word and he talks through people. And if you connect it right, God is going to reveal himself. Then on the practical, um, I tell everyone, just write down everything that you really love doing. Mm. Now, not something that's going to make you a lot of money, but just what do you really enjoy doing? What makes you smile? What makes you tick? What makes you wake up in the morning and say, you know, I could do this. Yeah. Um, I can get up every single morning 
if God was to take care of all my bills for the rest of my life, I can get up every single morning and talk to high school, college, and young adults every single day mm-hmm. for the rest of my life and help them build practical life, biblical skills. Yeah, that's good. I could do that. And so God connected my pain with my my enjoyment, what I love doing, and that became my purpose. Yep. I yep. was in pain at 19. Mm-hmm. Now I'm talking to 19-year-olds. I was insecure and I was in debt and I was trying to impress everyone. Now I'm talking to these people and, and God's connected that. And it's just, man, it's been a great, great journey thus far, but that's what I tell young people. That's fantastic. So pain becomes a platform for yeah. you. Pain, you connect. And there's something so powerful about um, you know, redeeming that pain, you know, you, yeah. you, after you walk through it, being able to kind of help to write the story of redemption. God's the author yes. of our redemption story, right? He's the Come author on, and perfecter of our faith, but we get the, we get the opportunity to participate with him in it. Yes. You know, we can lean into it. Like we said earlier, instead of blaming other people for our pain that we're in, we can lean into it and say, okay, God, well, I couldn't control that, but how do I control from here on out? Yeah. How do I follow you in this? Man, that's man, that's so good. That's so good. And, and I think a lot of people don't know how to just ask God. Like, yeah. God, I don't know how to do this. That's good. Yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't know. You know, um, I couldn't be in I, I couldn't be in your chair, mm. you know, and what happened with you in the past because I'd be like, God, what? Huh? What? How? When? But man, your pain has blessed me personally. Mm. And what you just said earlier about God is 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 wanting you to steward your pain. Like, man, I'm pretty sure you had to ask God a lot of questions during that season. And even now, uh, probably as well. And the things that I'm going through, like, God, how how do I do this? Mm -hmm. You know, um, like for an example, um, stewarding, um, I come from a a all African-American background Mm -hmm. and now I'm in a majority of Caucasian uh, culture and I'm asking God, God, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I come out of my comfort zone? How do I steward this opportunity well uh, with this new culture that I'm in, with this new way of thinking that I'm around? How do I steward this well, learn and be successful over here while also making sure that I'm going back to my community, to my local community and my culture and teaching them what I'm learning? And it hasn't been an easy process. It's been a learning and growing process. But when I tell you God is showing me how to steward this, I'm like, wow, I'm loving it. And I'm talked about often, but I'm like, I'm loving it. Like I'm stewarding this opportunity. That's great. What I just you, went back to stewarding. We was, we I know, went right? all it's the all right. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, what, what are you seeing as you're traveling around and you're talking to young people? What are you seeing as the biggest inhibitors from young people really stepping into what you're talking about, that freedom, that next level, that, that abundant life that Jesus talks about in John 10, 10. I mean, that's the platform that you're boasting right now. You're saying, Hey, Jesus wants this for you. What yeah. are you seeing that's preventing young people from doing that these days? Um, yeah, selfishness and just honestly, another big one, which is so true, is uh, just a lack of knowledge, man. Mm. Uh, these young people are not really being taught um, true stewardship, how to really go after and build the wealth and have that abundance. But the people who are taught, we're just selfish. Yeah. You know, we, we don't we don't want to acknowledge um, this opportunity. We want to do it our way and our way only. Yeah. Uh, but then at the same time, man, you'll be amazed of how many young people are like, hey, I was never taught this. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 what? You wow. mean I can honestly stay out of debt? I'm like, mm. yeah. My mom and dad always told me you have to get credit cards. You wow. have to take out student loans. You have to do this. And you're saying God is God never taught positive about debt? Wow. No. 
every scripture that I've read, God has taught negative about it. Now, mm-hmm. he didn't say it's a sin, but he said, man, no, mm-hmm. no. And so they're like, man, what in the world? And so what I'm seeing on the both is it's either selfishness or just a lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. That's good. And so your crusade is to, one, try to introduce them to Jesus and the gospel to try to yes, sir. curtail, eliminate that selfishness. And then two, give them the information, the practical steps yeah. of how to. Yeah. This is a really interesting thing. And I'm going to try to tee this up for you because I know working at, at Ramsey Solutions, you guys can walk somebody through very quickly the pillars of mm-hmm. how to set your uh, financial foundation off well. But one of yeah. the things I, I was really grateful for is Dave Ramsey and the whole Ramsey Solutions staff, their influence in my life before Amanda passed away. Because mm. Amanda and I were, we were on, we were D- Dave Ramsey Ice. We were on that, um, working through the baby steps and um, we had everything in place. Uh, we had life insurance, will, all of that stuff in place. And, and as I walked through that trial, I can't imagine walking through that valley of losing my wife to a murder. All of the emotional mm. strain that that had on me and our family, I can't imagine walking through that with the additional strain of, of financial strain. Ah. And I think oftentimes, you know, financial strain kind of oftentimes in your story, like it's financial strain that leads you into that valley. Sometimes mm-hmm. financial strain keeps you in that valley and where mm-hmm. you don't see... You, you can't see your way out of it. Yeah. So, so regardless of whether somebody's in a trial right now or they're not, I think that the pillars of financial freedom and, and good financial foundation are the same. Yeah. Um, and and I, want, I want you to explain those to me in just a second. I'm, I'm releasing an ebook here pretty soon that I've been working on for a little while that's just like the, the handbook, like a real practical guide, 10 steps, 10 things that you need to have in your life before you walk through trial. And yeah. then if you're walking through trial, you need to put them in your life right now. And this is going to help you see the other side of it, right? And yeah. one of those chapters is going to be one of those, st- one of those pillars is going to be on the financial aspect of Ooh. things. Solid, right? brother. So why don't you talk to me about how do I have a good financial foundation? These are, these are young people listening. These are old yeah. people listening. No matter where they are on the demographic spectrum, how do I have a, and put in place a good financial foundation? Yeah, good. That's a good question, man. So let's let's hit the young people real quick. A good financial foundation for young people. This is going to be for college age all the, all the way down. Um, everything is, is one, have an emergency fund. I want you to set aside at least $500 for the emergency. Mm-hmm. And then number two is I want you to sit here and I want you to avoid debt. So start borrowing lunch money. Stop borrowing any money if you're borrowing money right now. Uh, Pay it all off if you are. Pay it all back um, if you are in debt. And then number three is, the very next thing is pay cash for your first car if you're a young person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Don't borrow money. Do not ask your parents for money. Say, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to raise $2,000. I'm going to earn $2,000. Can you all match me? If you can't match me, I'll just go buy me a $2,000 car. But the key thing here is, again, avoid debt. Number yeah. four is pay cash for college. Now, yeah. when I say this, man, a lot of kids Hold like, Hold on a what? second. You're going, yeah, whoa, like, you're speaking wait, a foreign language. Yeah, that's impossible, bro. And I'm like, it's not impossible yeah. because here's the thing. The Bible says that all things are possible through Jesus Christ. Mm. So why is it that we can't pay cash for college? Wow. When he says all things are possible. So again, it's never about our lack, the lack of our ability. It's always about the lack of our determination. Mm. If we are determined to go to college debt-free, we can go to college debt-free. How yeah. do I know that? It's because over $2 billion a year um, worth of scholarships and grants go to waste. Wow. So that means... 
the average person is graduated with nearly $38,000 in debt, but then, hey, we have $2 billion going away in grants and scholarships. This means young people are not taking the time to yeah. actively and, and to search mm -hmm. for these things and apply for them. So that's what I tell everyone is to go and apply for grants and scholarships. And let me drop this nugget in there because people are saying, okay, how do I do that? Well, let me give you three resources right now. Mm -hmm. So that way, if you are listening, if you're a parent or a young person and you're in school, you need to go ahead and get these. The yeah. very first one is MyScholly, M-Y-S-C-H-O-L-L-Y.com. The number two is Raise Me, and that is R-A-I-S-E dot me on the web. And then number three is a book. It is going to be called The Ultimate Scholarship Book 2018. So again, that's MyScholly.com, Raise dot me, and The Ultimate Scholarship Book 2018. If they That's get great. these three resources yep. and spend at least young people an hour a day, every single day, you will go through college. And here's the thing. You don't have to go to a four-year university yeah. as soon as you start. You can go to a trade school or community college. And, and we could talk later about that because college is not even for everyone, I yeah. believe. So, um, but that's that's the four. The number five, it's just honestly, and here it is, give and build wealth. Yeah. There's nothing like giving to God. There's nothing like just giving and being a blessing to your local church mm. or the people who need, because we all know this, the more we give, yeah. then the more we receive. And I've learned this, just because I'm giving money doesn't mean I'm going to reap money. It just mm. means that God is just going to bless me tremendously because I'm being a good steward. So that's with the young people. Um, and then with the uh, adults who are out of college and, and literally building that life, the very first thing is a $1,000 emergency fund, mm. which is our baby step. The number two is going to be get out of debt using Dave Ramsey's debt snowball. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's literally you're lining up all of your debt from smallest to largest, and you're just attacking that. I was just talking to Rachel Ray about that the other day, and she just she, we had a fun time really just explaining this debt snowball. Yeah. And it's just amazing how once you pay off that small one and you pay off that second small one, mm -hmm. when you get to that third one, you're so pumped, you're so excited because you're seeing your life come back to you. Right. You're seeing you're starting to have more control of your money and you're seeing the future that I could be financially free. That's good. So on the first of the month, I'm not worrying about how am I going to do this? I'm just paying my mortgage and my utilities and I'm enjoying myself. Yeah. And so uh, I I really enjoy that. The number three, which is the baseline, this is the this is the the front three. I call this the foundation of your financial future. Just get three to six months of your expenses mm -hmm. set aside, uh, which is so important. Yep. Three to six months of your expenses. Those three things I recommend are the most important things. Then we could talk about the other stuff on, on another show. But yeah, if we good. do those three things as young people and as parents and as adults, that just creates a solid foundation. Yeah, that's fantastic. For for the listener, I'm going to put those three resources that he said. We're going to put that in the podcast notes, the show notes, so that okay. you guys can easily access those. But, yeah. man, that's incredible. Anthony, we're unfortunately out of time. I feel like we could sit and we nah, could talk bro. about this for forever. Come on, man. Let's but do another you, hour, man. Let's have a part two. two. man. <laughs> Maybe down the road we'll have another part two. Um, <laughs> that'd be great. But let me before we before we sign off, can you tell the listener where, where can they follow you? Where can they find you? Um, you've got a, a book, a couple books out. What's what's yeah, your... yeah, yeah, yeah. I have two. Uh, I actually have one book and a, and a brand new product that we just released. Awesome. Um, one of my books is called The Graduate Survivor Guide: Five Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make in College. Cool. These are the five mistakes that I uh, that I made and uh, partnered with my good friend Rachel Cruz and and we just came together and we're really just talking about hey, here are the mistakes that I've made. Here's what I've learned, Rachel. You didn't 
learn. He didn't make any of these mistakes. Why did you not? How did you not? How yeah. can people be like you and avoid my mistakes? A great tool, a great book that I recommend every high school student reads. And then uh, we just came out with a new product that it took us two years to really learn and to just really build the right product called the Teen Entrepreneur Toolbox. Because I believe every kid, especially when they're as, as early as 11, uh, 11 years old, mm-hmm. they should be working. They That's should good, be yeah. earning money. Right. And so... It's, it's a great product. It's so many great resources in there from an app um, that these young people can put on their phone. But we literally teach them how to start and run a small business wow. from home. And I'm not talking about just a kitty business. Right. No, I'm talking about do the correct taxes, do the correct uh, incorporations. I mean, literally do it. How do you get customers? What's your elevator pitch? And so to learn more about both of these products and all the things that I'm about, they can go to anthonyoneal.com. Um, and I'm on all social media, Anthony O'Neill, O-N-E-A-L, and make sure that they are looking for the blue check mark because we do have a we do have <laughs> some fake uh yep. <laughs> some fake accounts out there, but yep. all of my social media accounts are verified. That's great, man. That's great. Man, it's been an honor to have you on oh, man, the show. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. And uh guys, that was Anthony O'Neill. Yes, sir. What a great interview. He's like lights out. Yeah. I mean, he's just like, bam, 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 bam. like just <laughs> sometimes you just talk with those folks where you're like, man, we, I've got seven more questions that I could right. ask, but we're out of time. We yeah. should do another one. You What's know? that phrase you say a lot? You're drinking from a fire hydrant. Drinking from a fire hydrant. Yeah. Yep. 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 Powerful. <laughs> man. So man, good. I feel like Dave Ramsey's ministry in general has yeah. just been super helpful to so many people. Um, I don't know, hearing about like Dave's humble beginnings right. and then Anthony's humble beginnings. Right. Um, it's just like really relatable and uh, really helpful, I feel like, to anybody who goes through Absolutely. Financial Peace University or uh, Business Boutique, like we were yeah. talking about in the beginning. Um, they're just really great at encouraging people and spurring people on to like get serious about their finances. Right. Uh, not for like even just like the current moment, but so that in the future, like we can live really well right. and give uh, above and beyond. Um feel like Dave's Financial Peace University class is something that was like super helpful to my husband and I. Um, and truthfully, once we get done with our current baby step, which is like the paying off debt, yeah. we're probably going to take it again because, nice. you know, you're so focused on um, like looking at your current situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when on you like take, whatever the step is yeah, that's in front of you. You're yeah. like, okay, we've got to get this huge. Like for us, um, we didn't have credit card debt or anything like that, which I'm really thankful for. feel like um, our families, um, like our parents had kind of fallen into those traps. And so we learned pretty early on from their example, right? Like, who we don't want to do that. Um, And they had encouraged us, hey, don't do that. Um, But we both went to like a private Christian university. And so, woo, yeah, react. Translation, expensive. (laughs) So expensive. And, you know, sometimes I jokingly say, if I could do it all over again, I'd go to a private or I'd go to a public school. But I don't know if that's true. Mm. Like, I think there's a lot that we learned from the institution that we went to. And um, for me, it was like really foundational in my faith to go away from home, but also still be in a Christian community. But um, this year, hopefully, um, the end of 2018 will be debt free. Um, And so our budget is still super tight. Um, But it's been really fun to just every month, like see those numbers tick down. We're like officially in the single digit thousands, which is cool, but, um, just really thankful for, um, 
Dave Ramsey and, and his whole ministry yeah. and um, just the fact that, I mean, honestly, at, at 26 years old, we'll be will be debt free um, and just able to start like putting money back for right. savings and potentially buy a house soon. And I mean, like give to the nothing is wasted right. ministry and give to resonate church um, more than we are now. So it's exciting. It's so cool. Well, it's, it's really about, you know, Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Right. So like Jesus's vision for our life is life that where we thrive, yeah. not that we just survive. Right. And I feel like there's so many people who are just kind of clawing and pawing their way through survival. They're trying to like get up out of this pit, like what Anthony and I talked about. And, and it's a lot of it is financial burden that right. they're experiencing. I mean, think about how much, think, okay, think about how much anxiety, depression, you know, all of that stuff is tied to financial pressure. Oh, yeah. Even like marital fights. Yes. Like marital issues. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so much that like an unnecessary, that's an unnecessary burden yeah. that we carry. And so and, you know, that's why Jesus talks so much about finances. Yeah. And, and he talks about so much about money, where your treasure is, your heart will be also, you mm-hmm. know. I think Jesus in the Gospels talks, in the Bible in itself, talks more about money than it talks about heaven and hell combined. Yeah. Because he knows it's such a practical, pertinent part of our life, mm-hmm. and it, it is something that can exacerbate pressure and pain in your yeah. life, or it can really be a, a, re, a relief right. and a release valve. Um, if you can set up your financial household uh, on the rock with Jesus's principles, and then you can walk through life thriving, yeah, and not just surviving. And you can and you can realize what it means to to be blessed to be a blessing. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yep. Um, Abraham was really rich, mm. but it says that he was blessed financially, not to bless himself but to be a blessing to others. And I think that's the ultimate goal is like getting out of debt and putting away emergency fund so that you have the, you have the, your head above water enough to be able to see people's needs and meet people's needs. Yeah. That's thriving. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. A couple of things just came to mind. One, while we're talking about Dave Ramsey Ministries, um, they have an app that's called Every Dollar Yeah, that Kent and I have used. Um, and I would say since we've started to use that app, it, it works a lot like Mint right. um, where you can link your bank account to it and allocate your different transactions. But since we have started to use that app, we have begun to aggressively kill wow. debt. So, I, I mean, just from our personal story, use that Every Dollar app, download it, pay. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but pay for that $99 yeah. a year subscription because it's so worth it to know where your money's going. Yeah. It helps you like figure out how to budget for the future. The second thing is um, if you're listening to this or you listen to this podcast and you like are so, <laughs> you can't get your head above water to like figure out your finances and, and you would just like some help, guys, email us at hello at resonateindy.com. Yeah. Um, we would love to connect you to like a local financial piece using yeah. university in mm-hmm. your town um, or even just give you some hope about like, hey, this is like maybe yeah. some helpful tips or be praying for you and your finances. Um, like we said, finances consume your brain. Wow. And so if there's any like helpful things that we can do to serve you in your current situation um, and connect you to somebody in your community that can help you and walk Absolutely. with you in this season, we would love to do that. Absolutely. And we don't receive any kickbacks for that. We no. just believe in Dave Ramsey's <laughs> ministry yeah. so much that we will champion everything that they're doing because they're helping so many people. Yeah. It's so inspiring to hear them, like here on his radio show, people doing debt-free screams. I know. I can't wait. I'm debt-free. <laughs> I've just always wanted to do that. It'd be yeah. so fun just to get on his radio show and be like, ah! Like, right. 
It's so fun. Anyways, man, such a great episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, before we sign off, we want to thank our friend Sleeping at Last for mm-hmm. providing all the music. You should definitely get all of his music. He's coming out with these Enneagrams. He's just come out with four. It's mm-hmm. so good. All of the Enneagram stuff that he's doing, all of his music, you can download it where, where music can be downloaded and streamed. iTunes, Spotify, all of those places. Sleeping at Last, thank you so much. We love your friendship. We love that you're letting us use your music for this. Thank you. And thanks so much to everybody who's listening and downloading the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thanks to those of you guys who are subscribing. Thanks to our Nothing Is Wasted community. We love you guys. Mm-hmm. And we'll catch you next time.